So welcome. to the first episode of uh, Jurassic Sex Lawyer Season 2. Uh, here with me is Robert Hanna from Kiss and Car. Hi, Robert. Hi, Glenn. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah. So, um, can you tell us more about yourself, uh, your education and your career? Sure. So, I'm the I'm the managing director and founder of Kasoon Car, which is a um, a legal recruitment firm. But we we brand ourselves very much as more than a legal recruitment firm. We help uh, international boutique um, law firms across the world with with talent solutions, content creation, and and a whole host of, of other things. Um, my my background prior to to setting up uh, Kasoon Car. I was um, I went to university in the UK um, at a, a Russell Group University called Leeds University. I studied business management there, um, and I, I very much from from there wanted to to start a career in in London. Um, so I I started a, a recruitment career. I, I started at quite possibly one of the worst times, which which may give some people some comfort who who might be starting their professional careers in a, in a pandemic. My, my start was in the 2008. Uh, financial crisis that we had, so it was a it was a tough time. But I'm um, thankfully, you know, I'm a, I guess a good case study that you can start a career in a bad market, and and if you have the right people and the right mindset, you you can go on and um, to learn from all those tough times to potentially own your own businesses or, or whatever it might be. Um, so I've, I've always been in the recruitment world, but but what I wish to do, particularly with Kasoon Car, is is disrupt the particularly the legal sector um, and in terms of just adding a lot more value to lawyers and the legal community. Um, and that's why you've, you've been aware, Glenn, as well, and been a supporter, which we're grateful for, of, of our podcast called The Legally Speaking Podcast, um, where we have a whole host of guests on talking about um, a various range of topics, trying to help educate and uh, add value to the legal community. And um, we also arrange a whole host of webinars, seminars. We do a lot of work around diversity and inclusion um, for, for the legal space as well. So we're a big believer in building a community and, and trying to add as much value as possible to um, to lawyers on top of giving them the jobs that they, they wish to achieve. I see. So um, talking about the Legally Speaking podcast, I think that's quite unique because you're a legal recruitment firm, but then you also produce uh, and publish podcasts. I, I think that's quite disruptive, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so because we didn't see anybody else doing it, and I, I be you know generally I would encourage anyone um, to just start a podcast. Generally, I think not just for my sector but for any sector, um, they're far more powerful um, than sort of maybe websites these days and a whole host of things because people are obviously listening in um, and getting to capture and know more about you, your brand, your culture, and, and everything else that goes with it. But you're, you're right, Glenn. You know, there's a lot of you know recruitment consultants out there and a lot of legal recruitment consultants out there in the in, in the world and um, and I think it's important that as a as a firm that you you can continue to add value to particularly in our case lawyers because not lawyers lawyers aren't always going to be looking to make a to make a move um, they'll always potentially be curious and wanting to hear what's going on in the market but they want to perhaps build a relationship with a, a particular firm so we wanted to create a, a platform of continuous 
content and a way to be continuously communicating indirectly, not necessarily directly, with our clients and our, our and our candidates. So the podcast is just one arm of um, part of our content creation that we think, you know, we, we try to have really interesting discussions. So what life may be like at a big law firm versus a boutique law firm and um, what potentially is going on within the, the legal tech sector and, and how that may disrupt the, the future generation of lawyers um, you know what what things are like in the US versus the UK versus the Far East and, and a whole host of different discussions because we naturally get a lot of questions from uh, candidates and clients on a day-to-day basis about X and so this is just an easy platform for us to to get really sort of inspirational guests to share inspirational stories and provide content that will answer all of those questions and in return um you know we're seen as thought leaders and and, and, and you know legally speaking podcast is, is one where you know we can be seen and, and known as, as people that can really add value and that's the key crux for us is, is going above and beyond um, because particularly in this market in a pandemic you have to be able to add value and it may not not just be for your main source of um you know uh income because naturally you know in a downturn or in a tough market the number of law firms been hiring has been less but we've made sure that we have alternative activities and things that we can be doing to ensure that we can be communicating with our with our clients and candidates i see and talking about legal recruitment uh have you ever found that a candidate wanting to move to asia or even indonesia in this case Yeah, we, we, we have. We have a lot of people, particularly um, in London and, and all around the world, that are um, always interested in moving to um, the Far East. I also work with, I think you know as well, Gordon Chung. I'm, I'm an international advisor to the Global Lawyers Connect, um, which is spearheaded by Gordon Chung, who if anyone's not heard of Gordon, they should definitely check him out and the Global Lawyers Connect, because that really is a fantastic platform which helps international um, lawyers navigate careers um, for those wishing to maybe enter the Far East or the Middle East or the US or the UK um, and so they have lots of kind of great webinars platforms materials um, around that but yes we do see that as um, as quite, quite quite a popular route um, for people looking to do um, so I see that more and more the only slight um, I guess challenge for some of those those candidates looking to do that is, is obviously language skills I think there still needs to be a prerequisite or a standard of, of, of language skills um, required right and how did you end up becoming an international advisor for Global Lawyers Connect uh, how did you get to know Gordon Chang <laughs> yeah and this probably is a theme on one of the things that I'm a big advocate of and it's just natural networking and utilization of LinkedIn um, I know Glenn yourself you're a big fan of LinkedIn and, and networking and, and being proactive um, Gordon is someone that I noticed just through my networks of networks in the in, in the legal world who um, I really like what he was trying to do because I believe there's a global community now of people in the legal world who are trying to help other people and, and that be through creating content sharing stories um, including interesting people with you know real aspirational and inspiring stories so I, I very much got to know uh, Gordon off the back of LinkedIn and networking um, and, and, and through that so the more that you put into 
into the platform, the more that you engage with people on the platform, um, the more networks and wider networks. And I'm a big believer, um, having an international background myself, I'm a big believer in promoting diversity and inclusion and sponsoring as much as sort of um, navigating international paths as, as much as possible. So it was an absolute honor to be part of the, the Global Lawyers Connect. So I really buy into their vision, the values and what they're trying to do. Um, and as much as I can try to do to help promote that message and help as many people as possible, I'm, I'm very happy to do so. I see. Um, okay, so uh, I get that um, you think the personal branding on LinkedIn is very important. And why do you think that? Yes, um, yes. I, I... Particularly on LinkedIn, which should be visible, uh, not to only recruiters, but um, just to a network of professionals, uh, probably in the legal sector or any other sector. Yeah, well, so, some one of one one person that I follow quite closely on LinkedIn just described LinkedIn very much as a as, as a live lounge. Um, you know, networking has changed. You know, gone are the years where you would go to lots of web um, conferences or even restaurants, bars. You know, lots of those networking events. LinkedIn, I believe, is such a great platform to build uh, a personal brand because you can just be yourself. Um, and what people really are crying out for now in the modern world is authentic authentic personal branding they don't necessarily want you to be you know overselling over kind of promotion they want to know the real individual and person they're looking for so actually if you are a legal professional and a lawyer and um, there's lots of ways that you can get ahead by having a personal brand so for example if you're a corporate lawyer um, working within M&A or within private equity and that's your area of specialism, you should ensure that you are producing content aligned to that that may help your clients or future clients that you wish to business develop. You may want to be part of different societies connected to that particular thing and producing content interesting around that. So you're not naturally pitching, but you're actually giving value to your networks and being seen as a thought leader because what you're doing then is building trust um, and that's what you try to do through your personal branding is building trust being seen as a thought leader someone who's really helpful somebody who's actually going above and beyond oh do you know what Rob Rob's put some really interesting tips on there about X Y and Z so I do believe for lawyers it's a very underutilized platform um, and so there's a chance for people to really get ahead and produce content and when I say content that could be in video form infographic form um, but it's getting yourself comfortable putting yourself outside of your comfort zone because if you think of the amount of hours people maybe spend writing articles, going to conferences, doing all of that kind of old school, which I described, BD, I think a lot of that can be shifted to being online and a lot more influential. Um, yeah, so I'm a big advocate of it. Well, um, well, but at the end of the day, is it healthy? Do you think like uh, many people actually are bigger than life? You know, like uh, they like to show off on LinkedIn, but then in real life, when uh, there's a recruiter or someone, a firm asks you to recruit this person that has been heavily uh, developing his own profile on LinkedIn, but apparently uh, not all of that is true, or at least the image on LinkedIn is, is just half the story. Have you ever encountered such I... thing? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly comes back to my point about being authentic. You know, people are craving authenticity. You know, one thing I would definitely say is do not do that. Do not, you know, and that's why, you know, you don't necessarily need to say you know all the answers. You know, I think there's a big 
worry with 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 certain lawyers you know there, there is the expectation just, just because you're a lawyer you know absolutely everything um, about anything and you and I know Glenn that that's you know not the case you'll have right. your practice area you'll have that you'll have your practice area of expertise you'll know within your sub practice area and be highly skilled and qualified and technically very strong um, within that particular area no I definitely we haven't had a case like that thankfully but I do think do not go on <clears throat> do not approach this saying you need to say you're the best at X you're the best at why no just gently add value to your network with things that actually that would have been helpful for me that would have been helpful for me if i could have learned more from that person so it's not about saying you're the biggest and best it's actually about what can you produce as interesting content that will help people and be helpful potentially to your clients or future marketplace because that personal brand will then draw people to you the worst thing you could do is say hey i'm the best corporate lawyer out there in the marketplace i've got the best um, rates possible here's my list of my track record i'm x y and z yes you can do some subtle selling but a make sure it's the truth but b i would before that is just put a lot into the network put value into your network because it takes time you have to be consistent and then um, you'll be amazed that people will then come to you right so um what is your advice to people who just um well people have been quite familiar with linkedin but then uh what what's next after linkedin uh for example do TikTok. you have tiktok oh nice <laughs> or yeah. so again I, i'm a big believer in being disruptive but i'm even seeing right. now barristers top judges here in the uk yeah. you know um featuring on tiktok so wow. you know it's it's I'm, i'm a big believer in the power of social media i do think it may go too far and that's why it needs to be all within moderation um because i do think you know we have to be very very careful about this but yes i do think The, the, the world is moving to more digital it's moving to more video it's moving to more bite-sized bite-sized content people don't want long you know lengthy hard to read hard to engage with documentation they'd rather have bite-sized content preferably in video or infographic form that they can digest and go away with particularly if you're a lawyer and you know you're head down in the documents day to day you're reading a lot of kind of detailed uh shall we say content or a lot of legal stuff you don't want to then in terms of your content that you consume you don't want to then have to kind of dive into a lot of other heavy documentation you'd rather have that in bite-sized interesting form and if you like it you can go away and research it further so i think interactive video type content will do very very well um tell me about the um zoom um uh what is a trend that is uh, currently pandemic in the world should i say pandemic because um in indonesia for example many people have been doing zoom meetings zoom conferences and suddenly yeah. m- many people uh, just become this um, experts in anything and uh, can you tell us about uh, whether that kind of trend is happening as well in the uk and what's your opinion about it uh, and do you think that's a healthy uh i mean is it is it healthy to have these all of these zoom meetings and where, where suddenly many people become experts in in many things so uh, what do you think about it 
I think there are positives and negatives with regards to Zoom. I think it has been a revolution for a lot of businesses generally um, in light of the pandemic when we have been in lockdown to enable people to to, to, to sort of speak to teams, speak to clients, stay connected, stay engaged. Um, I think it's it's saved a lot of time in terms of travel and expense. So, you know, it's 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 definitely had its its positives. But do I think um, Zoom uh, has overcome the personal interaction, particularly as a lawyer or as us as consultants, we're people businesses, you know, we're dealing with clients. They really ideally would like to meet with us face to face, you know, so we can build up that relationship. So I don't think it will quite ever replace the human element of, you know, face to face meetings. Uh, but yes, we are seeing a lot more use of Zoom meeting, particularly also for webinars um, and hosting more mass events. I think that's massively being capitalized. Um, and and look, there's a wider issue here as well with you know law firms in particular. You know they they have huge overheads. You know with these big offices and infrastructure and things they're trying to run. You know if, if there is a way where they can try and cut their costs and move stuff to being more online, because I think the commercial real estate is going to be a really challenging sector. There's going to be a lot of businesses looking to try and reduce their commercial real estate and their spend within that space just off the back of proving that they can operate to to a level by utilising, and it's not just necessarily Zoom, there's a whole host of other platforms as well that people do use. Um, but I do think it's going to be interesting to see how it moves forwards. But I'm a, I am a fan of Zoom, but I think in moderation. I don't think I would want it to completely replace the whole human element of my business. But I think we'll be gu guided by the market and you know ultimately our hands will be forced because i can't see us ever um getting back to completely the way we were before because i just think there were inefficiencies in the way that we worked and i think a lot of that if that can be pushed being online or via video or utilization of zoom then, then it will be because it all ultimately will always come down to a cost and save time money exercise as well right and um i think before we end this session um do you have any tips for uh law students looking for training contracts uh, or internships or any anything uh, any opportunity and uh also tips for legal recruiters uh yeah maybe there's a listener out there who's a legal recruiter as well wanting to hear yeah. what you have to say about uh, being a legal recruiter this prime time Yeah, I think if you're a legal recruiter, I, I think just just have a look at your the way that you've worked over recent years and months, and 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 just think, you know, am I adding enough value above and beyond to my candidates and my clients? Um, and that, you know, anyone can really provide jobs. Yes, it's it's a skill to have a high roster of you know prestigious clients, and you know have a have a high roster of candidates. But are you doing enough to add value? to those candidates and clients because it's a relationship business. So, you know, take a step back, think, right, what more could I do to foster my working relationships, particularly in the legal world where lawyers, you know, are exceptionally smart, they're curious, they're intellectually curious, they want to be educated, they want to know what's going on, more so than just what's going on in terms of jobs in the marketplace. So I would encourage you to think about how you can add value to your particular candidates. And I think for, 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 for law students um, and people seeking training contracts, I think you have the network you know it comes down to being proactive and networking it's not enough to simply apply for training contracts online submit applications and think that's going to get you through and um, of course you have to do that but think differently 
utilization of LinkedIn, be part, join some legal societies. So here in the UK, there's the London Young Lawyers Group. You know, we've talked about the Global Lawyers Connect. There's all these wonderful international platforms and networking um, legal forums and communities where you can meet people, you can get mentors, and you can learn more about law firms firsthand through joining these societies. Uh, you know, engage with people on LinkedIn. If, you, you're, if you're particularly interested in one law firm and you know the partners, you've seen the partner on LinkedIn producing content, engage with his content, maybe write an insightful comment. If they like it or engage back, that can start a discussion so it gets you noticed. So everything with this, the more you put into an action, the more you'll get back from action. So I would encourage people to um, also, if you're a law student looking for a job, is treat your job as getting a job. I think, again, it's not enough just to do a few applications during the day. I would plan your days, structure your days, think about how many new contacts you want to do, what new angles you're going to take, what you're going to do in terms of self-development that day, and treat your day as a nine to five, if not longer. And um, Because ultimately, if that's the overarching goal, you can't just do a little bit of here and there. You've got to go above and beyond because particularly the legal sector, it's highly competitive. Lots of people wanting to break into that. Um, so I would say treat your job as getting a job. And the other thing is there are other options now. It's not just the training contract route that's the, the, the conventional route. There are other routes you can look into going to as well. So, you know, we probably don't have time to go into all of them, but you'll, you'll be aware there's lots of different routes now and things people consider to becoming a qualified lawyer. So do your research and speak to people who maybe have taken alternative routes to see if that could be a potential option for you as well. Thanks for your tips. And uh, last but not least, I noticed that you have an upcoming webinar tomorrow. In fact, yes. I don't know whether this podcast will be broadcasted today, but uh, at least tell us about uh, this upcoming webinar, uh, Lawyers and LinkedIn with Shiro Bottom and Patricia Baxter. Yeah, and, and yeah, if this is not released in time, we will also be recording the webinar and it will be accessible via our YouTube channel. All of our social medias are just sort of assume car. If you visit our Instagram or YouTube, you'll be able to pick up all of our content and recordings from, from there. But yes, this is a um, Legal Influencers of LinkedIn webinar um, with Shay Robottom, who is um, one of the world's globally recognized LinkedIn um, users who helps founders, executives, and now lawyers create video content which in terms enhances their personal brand which in terms leads to mass revenue for law firms so and Patricia Baxter is a managing partner of a law firm out in the US who has been through Shay's boot camp she she runs a six-week uh, boot camp which people can learn the art of effectively networking and using video content creation through LinkedIn and how that can be powerful for lawyers so Patricia is coming on to talk about her experiences and how she's utilized video podcast now which is bringing value to her law firm and her particular practice areas so it's really unique it's really disruptive it's different um, and I would encourage people to to definitely check it out if they if that sounds curious and very different to other things they may have been suggested because it's going to be the future and people who can cotton onto this now particularly if you operate in a niche or boutique professional services led industry um, you know insurance whatever accountancy legal um, I do think there's a real chance to, to, to win if you embrace now okay uh, thank you Robert I think uh, that's enough for this episode I personally thank you for your time 
and also your commitment i think i admire your commitment in the legal recruitment industry and i hope for the best uh, for you and for kiss and car and uh, i hope that we can see each other one day Yes, thank you so much, Glenn. It's been a real pleasure um, coming on the show and I'm a big fan of all the work you're doing. And I think the more and more people can come together to, to produce content like this and help people is fascinating and fantastic. So thank you so much to you and your team for, for inviting me on. I'm sure we'll keep the conversation going and I, and I wish you lots of continued success as well. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.